We rock your kinky world, cuz Edley likes to party. He sponsors our shenanigans. Fuck yeah, bro, he's the bomb. A Rudy do do da da da. A Rudy Rudy Rudy. A Rudy do do. I re- check us out. We just like went all beboppity twenties and shit. <laughs> the following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Perverted Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind. Recording tonight from, I don't even know where Boogie is. I mean, these days he could be in a parking lot, he could be in the library, heaven only knows. I'm at my computer. I'm Kathy. I am Count Boogie, and I am gloriously recording once again, penis cunt fucker, um, in the Burbank what? Library. <laughs> Was that an insult to me? No, I'm just saying these things out loud because I'm, I'm oh. 12 years old. I thought you were uh, calling me a penis cunt fucker. No, I mean... <laughs> You are bisexual, which technically makes you a penis cunt fucker. That's true. <laughs> just throwing down some reel there on you, Kathy. Kathy. Uh-huh. We have a new jingle for us oh. now, now that you're in heat. <laughs> Why? Well, no, no, the one I sent you. You said you liked it. Oh, that one, yes. Yes, let's listen to that now. Two slightly more than moderately used middle-aged, not-so-pretty whores jumping back into the dating game. Kathy and Boogie looking for the D&B. Kathy and Boogie, a pity fuck is cool by me. Okay, hold on a second. What? Kathy and Boogie looking for the D and the what? The D. Well, what's great about that is I'm hoping people think I'm saying Kathy and Boogie looking for the DMV, like oh de- Department of Motor Vehicles, but it's actually D and V, like Dick Got and Vagina. It. The, the Dick and the Vajayjay. Because that's what we're looking for. It's true. We are. And, and now we're on the prowl and you're all in heat, which is amazing. Why is that amazing that I'm horny and can't get laid? That's not a good thing. No, it's a motivating thing because when you're not horny and you're like, oh, I don't need to date, my life's a dark room, that horniness is a driving factor towards eating better, towards exercising, towards creative thinking on how to put yourself in a better position to get the D or to get the V. It's that horniness is a good motivator. It's a mating skill. You know what? What? I notice how you try and just gloss over the fact that you just made fun of me and imitated me when I'm depressed. How did I imitate you when you oh, were depressed? God, I don't want anything. That was you doing me, buddy. Don't even try and deny it. Do you want me to do you? I mean, we have bro finger. And people are now starting to really clue into the bro finger thing. I have something to read about that later, but well, um, we'll we'll hit that we'll hit that baby later. I will say at the end of the last show, uh, we talked about you and I going to some classes together. Uh-huh, I don't uh-huh. know if we talked about it in the show, but no. um, definitely talked. And and I did look up some classes. There was actually a good animal play class this weekend, but I'm sorry. It is Pokemon Go Fest this weekend, so uh, we will not be partaking. 
of wow. any uh, education. Pokemon trumps kink in your world. Now who's being depressive and, hey, I don't uh, want to do stuff. I'm not being depressive. I'm going out to get some shiny goddamn dinos and a shiny sock and buggy, a shiny Thor buggy, throw, whatever those things are. Buggy, and that's what I'm doing. Buggy. Hey, I got laid last week, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've only been back a week. So I still, you know, I still no. have, so I have my vag meter is still at a pretty good place. Look By you. next weekend, I will. What? Look. What? I am going to a party this weekend. I'm going to a pet play party. And you should come shit? with me. What day's the party? Saturday. Oh, no, sorry. Pokemon, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. I got to catch a, sh- there a sh- fucking Palkia. There is something wrong with you, Mr. I Run Perverted Podcast, who is saying no to a party and wants to do Pokemon instead. I'm not. I was actually thinking, I think um, Soap, uh, Social of Age Players, which, of course, we've had Lady Solaris on uh, a number of times talking about that. I think uh-huh. they're having their party. Uh, this weekend as well too. I put myself down as a maybe. Maybe I'll step away. Where are they from... having the party? What? I didn't hear about this. I think they're having it at the old place that we don't usually mention, but then we mention it as threshold. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't really want to go back there right now. Maybe later. Yeah, maybe later. So I was thinking, I don't know what, whatever. But all that I know is things are opening up, and you and I are toe sticking in prepping. Too slightly more than moderately used pretty whores jumping back into the dating game kathy and boogie looking for the dnv kathy and boogie a pity fuck is cool by me uh-huh. we're prepping for sticking the toes in i don't want to stick my toe in i want to dive in head first i'm sick and tired of this i'm horny i want someone who will hold me and i just need to touch somebody okay i wow. just have to have some skin-to-skin contact. I would like to actually kiss somebody. I would like to spend 20 minutes just making out. I mean, why is that too much to ask for? I don't think it's too much to ask for, Pumpkin. <laughs> I think I think you just haven't insisted on it in a very long time. <laughs> I, I think you have significantly not sought after that which you are now seeking after, which once again is why the horniness is good because now you're like, I'm fuck yeah. I am on a determined path to find out what the fuck is wrong with me. I have my first, well, actually my first therapy session with this particular therapist this Monday. I've had two before that I didn't like. And this time he is a psychoanalyst and I oh. want to get down to the fucking root of my problems. I have taken the big five personality test. I have taken the highly sensitive people assessment test. I have read up on attachment theory and figured out which mine is. I have freaking, you know, delved into learned helplessness, bought two books on low self-worth and I'm halfway through one. I am on this utter and complete motivated track to find out why I do the things I do, why I don't do some things, and basically, what the fuck is wrong with me? Kathy, as long as it winds up with you getting some suck face and some vag dicking. As long, I lo- let, let me tell you something. I love the vag dicking, but if I could just have some peace of mind with my own head, that would be utterly worth it. And then I'll slide into some vag dicking. 
You will slide into it, you wet, naughty girl. I am. <laughs> Fed life is the place where unicorns play, but then they fuck each other in the ass with their horns because that's the kind of freaky shit that happens on Fed Life. For your peace of mind, please know the author of every post we talk about has specifically granted us permission to do so. Today, I have a post by Sebastian who wrote, Guys, we are running out of women! Exclamation <laughs> point. I had to yell it. It had an exclamation point, Boogie. He says, the topic today is scarcity mindset or the feeling that chances to find potential intimate partners are a limited, rare, and of dwindling supply. I fully understand how this belief builds up, having embraced it wholeheartedly for a very long while. For me, the belief was built on personal experience where opportunities to meet women were so few and far between joining dating apps only to find men outnumbered women 10 or even 100 to 1. So much of my unrequited affection and seemingly countless uh, other sources validating that I had to take any shot I could get. When you genuinely believe that your options for finding intimate partners are finite, limited, or rare, it colors literally every aspect of how you interact, your emotions, and even your perspective. So let me put this as unambiguously as possible. There is absolutely no goddamn shortage of women. No, there isn't. Sexual, nerdy, whatever quality you think is rare. Seriously, guys, they, they make up half the population and they enjoy sex, intimacy, kink, and romance to the same degree that their male counterparts do. Mm. <sighs> uh, 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 uh. Let me tell you something. Yes. I understand the scarcity mindset because everything that you do have done in the past, colors your view of the future. And sure. it takes a strong mind to pull yourself out of that mindset. It really does. And I say this as somebody who has failed at this many, many times over the course of my life. I plummeted myself into depression because of it. Learned helplessness, as I mentioned earlier, is absolutely a thing. And it has created it is it was the basis of all my depression. It is the basis of my pessimism and my nihilism. It colors everything that you look at. It is a a a bizarre thing that has the ability to change the course of your life. And you don't even realize you're in the middle of it. So I get what this guy is talking about. You don't realize until you start to turn your attention back on yourself and start to assess the way your mind works. And so posts like this. I like because they give you a kick in the butt and make you stop. It knocks you out of that mindset that you're in that's on automatic pilot. It is a vicious, dirty mental monkey. That is for for goddamn sure, butt fucking you straight in your brain. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that you pointed out a slightly different uh, personality from scarcity mindset. Because this post, which was, uh, you'll, it, you'll post it on our FetLife yes. uh page it's a great read there's a lot of stuff it's a very very long post and from the parts that i really really enjoyed i do agree that scarcity mindset exists um i believe it's uh, a type of programming i don't know if i necessarily agree that it is the creator of the issues around rejection and and the negative views of rejection, which the poster got really into rejection and brought up a lot of things that, that I had written down. But I see scarcity mindset as one, just like yours is one, 
one of the manifestations of bigger problems. Uh, the poster really talked. He gave an example of like when you go and you read a cute girl's profile and then it turns out she has an OnlyFans page and you actually get angry at this person that you start getting angry and l either lashing out mentally or, you know, in some cases we've seen a million times uh, physically people are writing nasty emails to people that didn't directly reject you. They didn't actually reject you. Just their presence not giving you what you want uh, created anger in you. Be and, and the poster talks about the desperation uh, influencing that. And I think that there are deeper problems that come before that. And in, in the case of rejection and feeling like everyone's rejecting you because you don't think you're ever going to get someone, I think if you're rejected by people that haven't directly rejected you, that personality comes more from the probability that you see women like things that are here to do things for you and please you as opposed to um, just being uh, scared that you're never going to find anyone. I think there's a lot because for me, it was a lot deeper. And I used to talk about my my misogyny. That in fact it was that I believed that women owed me something. And that's kind of a construct that we're really fighting with socially right now. We have this, which I think the intentions are good, but it's fucking us up. We live in a current social construct that is promoting the idea that people should love you just as you are. Just as you are. You shouldn't have to do anything and they should love you and take you just as you are. And it's fucking bullshit. It's bullshit. It goes against nature. It goes against sensibility. It goes against positive mental growth. It is bullshit. Nobody owes you a date. Dating is a ritual that takes place because of mating instincts and everywhere in nature the best male gets the best female and the best female gets the best male if you're sitting on your ass and you are depressed and you have social anxiety and you're narcissistic or you're misogynistic or you know you don't take care of yourself and you have all of these things why should you be considered attractive enough to be wanted by somebody? And we've talked about this a lot on the show. Yeah, I'm kind of confused. I don't, I don't really know where you're going with this because you started saying about misogyny. Well, the misogyny is, is when you start getting angry at people for re either openly rejecting you or for, uh, especially when it's like the OnlyFans thing, because you do hear a lot of people, oh, all the chicks have OnlyFans. They're not even real women anymore. Like they're just robots or something. And that comes from that, I believe, a type of misogyny that women are here to serve me. So even if they haven't directly rejected me, I'm angry at them. Hmm. 
I, I don't. Yeah, I I understand what you're saying. I don't think I agree. To with me, it, it's just well. I mean, I'm just saying from a, a guy point of view. And once right. again, there's no absolutes. There's a lot of stuff being covered in this post. You really. Oh, I thought you were going to do more of it. You really gave just a snippet of all the stuff. Well, you hate it when was... I do long posts. No, no, no. This, no. this it, one in particular had. You're right that if you're listening to this, you should go to our FetLife uh, group called Perverted Podcast, where I list all of these things as links and you can read them. It was He gave a lot of examples and things that we obviously did not have enough time to go into. And uh, some of the things that I thought were really good, which totally agree, was the poster started saying, you need basically get the fuck off the couch. We also live in a society that like men and women both, it's not gender specific, you know, think the internet is, it's like Amazon. Like you're going to pick someone and then a truck's going to pull up to your house and drag this box down to your mom's basement and, you know, open up and it's going to be this wonderful love affair. The internet is a last resort if, if you, for meeting people. It is the worst, the absolute worst, lowest form of meeting someone. The best, and this poster talked a lot about it, is go do stuff. Interact with people, not just trying to get dates, but learn how to interact with other people. Because when you interact with other people and you make friends and you do things and you volunteer and you go to parties or you join a bowling league or yoga or any of these numbers of things, you are going to be introduced to people. And yes, people that are potential dates. The yeah. Internet is the last fucking resort. Right. And it's useful to people, you know, if, if you really have a small town and there's no one there. Sure, you have to use the Internet. I'm not saying that. But even in your small town, you start going, oh, there's no kinky people here. Well, you don't really know that. 11% of people are kinky. If there's 100 people in your town, you know, seven or eight of them are probably kinky. Right. Hmm. You know, but in, in general, it's just I remember how it was my laziness that I really believed people owe me something and they right. don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I didn't make that leap from his post to, I think people owe me something. I, I absolutely. There are those types of people out there who, who think that the world owes them something that other people owe them something that they shouldn't have to move off of where they are because you should take me for what I am. Everybody has the right to determine for themselves what it is that they want and what it is that they don't want. But for me in particular, um, I, I just realized that I, what I read in that post, I have done to myself many, many times, many, many times that, sure. that kind Same of, here. yeah. And it's, and it's absolutely insidious and has the potential to ruin your your life because you you're like I said you're viewing the future in terms of everything that's happened in the past and it's a hard thing to pull yourself out of. Um, I, I like this kind of kick in the ass kind of thing where there's somebody telling you snap out of it like Sharon. Yeah, like, get the hell get the <laughs> hell out. I mean, this I think the things that pissed me off so much is getting into the rejection and getting into because obviously. I have been on both sides of 
resenting the more dominant male that actually can talk to women and can actually communicate with them and treat them like a person and entice them with the things that they've worked on on themselves that are valuable to the other person. And I've been the guy that sat there going, well, he's just a big, stupid dummy pants, you know? And once I fucking became an actual adult and I started investing in myself and trying to be something that a partner might like and started getting lots of dates and getting lots of things to play for, I have also been victim to those guys that are fucking losers that sit there and then just talk shit behind my back because they don't want to up their game. And upping the game is a really important thing. It's um, it's why I'm trying so diligently to assess myself and figure out where I'm going because who the fuck is going to want me if I'm just wallowing in my own misery? And that misery is is legitimate. I'm not absolutely. I'm not saying that I, I shouldn't be there, but and I have a support group. I have people around me who love me, yourself included, Boogie, who have been there for me and have really helped me through it. And honestly, I'm I'm not. I'm not done yet. I, I still I'm OK right now. While I'm talking, but I'm, I still go through a, a great deal of sadness that I have to work through. But at some point I realize my need to be with somebody, my need to to hold somebody, to feel that that contact with someone else's body, with someone else's mind, more importantly, is so strong that it it starts to pull me out of this misery and it starts right. to make me want to address what it is about me that is making me unattractive to people and to myself and work really, really hard because nobody's going to fucking do it for me. There's no white knight out there going to just, you know, come riding up on a horse and <laughs> sweep you off your feet. I mean, I, I, I wish my parents, my, my mom actually never let me see a Disney movie ever because that fucking shit fucked me up. And yeah. has, I, I've spent the rest of my life untangling that shit and I have to work on myself and I, I have to find a way to pull my mind, just like the poster says, out of this mindset that nobody's going to want you, that there aren't that many men out there, you know, from my perspective, that there aren't, nobody's going to love me. I'm 55 years old. I got sag, sagging tits. I'm fat and hideous. You know, I, I go on and on. And you know sure. what? That stuff is true. I am fat and sagging and all that shit. But so what? Somebody out there is going to love me. I did find someone who loved me for seven years, and now that's over. And and why is it such a, a, a crazy idea that someone else might love me next? Uh, I just have to work on myself. Kathy, I think that makes you so sexy. Ah, That's... It. But it's true. That's the thing I'm talking about. That's the thing. And it's not just men or it's not just women. People are attract people who are worth a shit. You can go and be a miserable piece of shit and attract other miserable pieces of shit. That's pretty easy. Go fucking buy a gram of meth and walk downtown and ask some fucking loser to get high and you can have a nice shitty toxic relationship. But for people that are actually of a higher quality, if you are working on yourself and you or invested in this journey of betterment, even a little, it doesn't mean you have to be, you know, Superman or Superwoman. It just means that you're actively pursuing some sort of betterment. That is so fucking sexy. 
Oh man, if only we were attracted to one another, you and I, Boogie, this would be really good. But why the fuck <laughs> did that life have to deal with these cards where we have zero interest in one another? Man. I still bro finger you. Uh you and the bro finger. <laughs> I'm still there. You know, but I think that I I loved this post and there was a lot of good encouraging stuff in, and I think there's a lot of scarcity mindset. And all of the other different mindsets that occur all stem from how you look at yourself. And if you look at yourself as a loser, then yeah, you're just going to resent everyone around you. When I'm angry and resenting everyone around me, it's because I really hate myself. Because when I like myself, I don't have time to fucking resent people. Right. Great post. Fantastic. Thank you, Sebastian, for letting us use it. When sex said from your grandma does not suffice, go to Perverted Podcast for some fucking advice. This isn't actually someone asking us for advice, but what they said was just too good to pass up because it would, I I think that we should talk about. There's definitely an aspect of this email that I want to talk about. This was actually our friend Wicked who wrote to us. Oh, okay. Very good. Very yes. good. Let's let's and rock on it. She says, I just listened to show 309 and I have a thought I'd like to share with you. A listener wrote in asking about how to deal with the shift from fa- having her daddy play with someone else at a club and then moving into the daddy's home into what I assume feels like their space as a couple, which prompts me to ask if it perhaps, and I got, let me just interject here that you and I had mostly uh, gone on the, uh, train of thought of are you really you have to ask yourself if you're polyamorous if this bothers you or if this is you said are you really polyamorous i said is this your type of poly yeah so what we had discussed was along those lines and so wicked says it prompts me to ask if it perhaps isn't a question of the listener not being poly in that way but perhaps from having boundaries pushed without the proper communication behind it it would make sense that the issue arises from that relationship moving faster than you can wrap your head around because of undisclosed or uncommunicated boundaries. I figured I would voice my opinion as I have experienced a disconnect in what I and a partner thought we agreed on and or a change in the rules without proper discussion. I still absolutely adore you guys above and beyond my emotional support PP family. Kathy and Boogie, please rock on in the Church of Rock. And P.S., a little hello to the fellow Danish listener that wrote in, nice to know there's more than one of us. Did we have a fellow a Danish listener write in? We have a couple Danish listeners. Nice. I like the Danish listeners. Our Icelandic crowd is growing. Oh, our, our, yes. Our the Danish volcano. Listeners. I'll never yeah, forget our, that. You know, we got a whole group of I am. I want to go. <laughs> Me too. I'm like, because <laughs> like, we don't have any ties now. Now it's like, fuck, let's go party in Iceland. I know. I would love to go to Iceland. And go to Denmark. Oh, there's so many fucking cool places and they have scenes and there's listeners and people that will pretend to like us and let us sleep on their couches uh i don't need to sleep on a couch can i stay in a hotel i ain't sleeping on nobody's couch kathy let me tell you something i used to be when i was doing the the performer thing like as a christian uh when i i would go to cities and play in places and that's primarily where you stayed was with people that really enjoyed your stuff and 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 how old are you now well, I mean, uh-huh. yeah, I, I was in my 20s, yeah. but I'm just saying it was actually so cool because you got to hang out with people and learn. I'm sure it could have gone bad in, in some ways, but uh, in mm. general, it's really a lot of couch surfing, 
you know, from for no. listeners or fans or whatever. That's the shit, man. I'm, no, it's not. At 55, it's not the shit. It is wildly uncomfortable and humiliating. And it's free. I don't we, don't got, we got no goddamn money, motherfucker. <laughs> Why are you all of a sudden putting on the Ritz and shit? Sure, Kathy. I want first class, too. Shit, I'm just trying to get us to Denmark. If somebody sent you a first class ticket, that would plummet you into a miasma of self-doubt and self-hatred. You would not accept that shit from anybody. I'm not necessarily saying that it will not first class. If you send me a coach, then See, maybe you don't value you know. yourself highly. I don't, I don't deserve first class. I'll take coach. I, well, you know, I'm not saying I don't deserve first class, but it just seems like a waste of money. See, my oh, well, ju, my you- ju, my ju tendencies are like, Hey, put me in coach and then take that money and buy me a small harem. Now, if you were to take that, that, uh, ticket and, you know exchange it for a coach and then take that money to do other things that i would understand that's (laughs) (laughs) they're like i bought you this three thousand dollar ticket and i'm all shit i'm gonna fucking sell that shit i'm gonna sell that shit in the airport pocket some shit i think that's somehow unethical and douchey i don't think so if you're if you're starving that's not douchey but hell Uh, i would take first class in a fucking heartbeat i i hate traveling on a plane because i'm so fat i never fit into the seat boogie how did we get into this aren't we supposed i don't know to be- we were just dreaming of going to denmark and iceland and <laughs> the uk and all of a sudden we- and then wicked because you know fucking wicked is fucking wicked uh-huh. but no i remember this topic and and i thought it was good i think the email you had cut down the email a lot so i think this was a fantastic point that Wicked brings up, because that's absolutely a possibility in a situation where you're overwhelmed, where you thought things were going to work a certain way, and then all of a sudden, blammo, yeah, you know, something changes. But I think in the email, we were under the impression that they had kind of talked about these things, that it was because they're, you know, I, I don't think you should assume just because you're poly that you've had the conversation about all the nuances of it yeah but if you are poly you would assume there is some discussions of other people right this is this is a tricky area and one that is very close to my heart because i have experienced these things very recently and they're not um as much as you think you're covering all bases there's always something that you miss there's always an assumption do you remember when we were talking on the show boogie about how um creative explorer had uh I had a blanket, a really big, plushy blanket that I loved, very oh, soft. Oh, yes. And he hadn't removed it when he had another play partner, and there were all kinds of sexy stains on it. And I'm like, dude, that's my blanket. I don't want to see some, you know, some one of the woman's cunt juices on it. Like, I don't know how much plainer I can be than that. <laughs> and you you said, that's just fucking Polly 101, man. That You change out you change the blanket. You change them sheets. Yes. And so... That's an example of something that, uh, for, for his own reasons, I don't know why, Creative Explorer just didn't even think about that shit. Because he's a dick? Oh, sorry. Hey. Hey. <laughs> and so that stuff pops up, and you, and then there are things, and you think, well, we're, we're, we're going through the relationship, everything is good, we seem to talk about everything, and then fucking blammo, something like this happens where you didn't even see this coming and it never occurred to you that you should say to your partner hey you playing with someone at the club is one thing but the minute you move them into your house 
Mm. That's another. And and mm. that that is very close to my heart because I've had this issue with Creative Explorer. This is a man who and, and I'm going to say most a lot of men are like this. I, I could be generalizing, but I don't know. They don't understand how women nest. They don't understand how as time goes by, we we become very territorial. That's just what we do. Sure. And you be your your partner's house or apartment that you go to often becomes imbued with yourself with how you identify i know it doesn't sound healthy but i'm sorry that's just the way it is sure sure and the ne- so the next time you show up at their house and you see evidence of someone else there your fucking hackles go up and you think to yourself what the hell is wrong with me or what the hell is wrong with him when you have to acknowledge that the more time you spend together with someone the more time you spend at their house or them at your house the more things change and they change without you even realizing it or even realizing you have to discuss it but if you're going one year, two year, three years with your partner, say, playing with other partners outside of the house, and one day they move it into the house, and you have a fucking meltdown that you didn't even see coming, that is a problem. And if okay. your partner doesn't realize it, you both need to sit down and, and go over the minutia of what happened from yesterday to today. It's not a fun conversation to have. It is absolutely horrifying because you do struggle with your own well, I'm polyamorous. I should probably be okay with this. When polyamory has nothing to do with it, you right. bring somebody into your life and you make them a primary or even a secondary. If you spend a significant amount of time with them, every little thing that happens in your life starts to bond you further, make you closer together, and that includes your physical environment. Kathy, I completely completely see your point and i i don't know if it's completely female or male specific it pro it surely sounds because i don't have those right uh i'm i've never been in a place for very long um so i'm always kind of jumping around but i do understand the nesting thing and i have heard this from other people before so what i'm i'm wondering is how hmm so you're saying that not only could this have been something that was overlooked by the one partner who brought the person in to their nest, um, that this is there's some responsibility because the other person didn't think to have that discussion about those very small details. It's look, um, if you, I, I'm going to give you from my point of view, okay. I go in, I'm, I'm with Creative Explorer for many, many years, and it's not, in, in the beginning, it was, I'm just spending one night a week there. Right. I come in, we watch a movie, we fuck, go to sleep, wake up the next day, I go home. And there is very little of his apartment or his place that I am even looking at or thinking, I'm just busy taking it all in. After six months, you become more comfortable there. You start looking around, you start leaving things there. Got a toothbrush. I got a toothbrush. A, a year later, you're leaving more stuff there. You now have a pillow there. You have your own blanket there. Uh, you start doing all kinds of stuff like buying groceries. Hey, can I leave this in the refrigerator? And you, you've already l- noticed how he puts things in his refrigerator. You make sure you put yours aside and that becomes your part of the refrigerator. You're not even thinking along those lines. It's a practical thing. You're doing practical 
things that make it more comfortable for you to live in that house. And I don't give a shit how much this scares every guy out there. But the minute women start doing that, that becomes their territory. You can't mm. fucking have it both ways. You can't say, I want the comfort of having this woman that I love, that I, I love fucking in my home, but I don't want her to ever think of this as anything but my home. Uh, you never can think of this as yours. Fuck you. Mm. Because not only do we think that that part of that, as, and I'm talking about the more time that goes on. I'm not saying that the minute that they spend the night, they consider it theirs. But not only do we consider that part of the refrigerator mine, that part of the sink mine, that drawer you just gave me mine. But we think of you as ours. We take ownership of you guys to some extent. And as the second year comes in, it happens deeper. And then the third year and then the fourth year and the more time you spend together, the harder it will be to rip yourself out of there. And mm. now when you're polyamorous, and you have invited another partner into your home, the minute I walk in and see evidence of them, I immediately start to have self-doubt. I become insecure. I have to understand the parameters. Tell me what it is. The minute that you start getting more involved with them, I need to know because that means I could get bumped down in my place if you start getting more involved with them. And I fucking need to know that that happens. I don't want to hear it one day that you spring it on me because what that means to me, and believe me when I tell you, I know perfectly well that I'm going on this ramp because this is what happened to me, but this is my perspective. So I don't want to hear that a year ago you started to have feelings that waned for me, but you didn't fucking tell me. Yeah. Because that to me is you are a fucking coward. And yeah. I and think so, the image that, you know, it's that Prince Charming image because you know that when you share those types of honest feelings, that there's a real risk that you're going to have your partner pull back. Yeah, but you know and what? And that they're going to start to, and it's the truth. I totally agree that it's yeah, the but truth you, you and it be a, to be shared. You, you want to be a man and have women treat you like men and have women kneel in front of you? Then fucking be a man. And that means doing shit that's hard to do because it's going to make you look fucking bad in front of somebody else. So don't you you can't say I want to have my cake and eat it too. You have to take it all boogie. You have to be the brave fucking courageous man and step up to the plate and tell somebody when someone else is starting to mean more to you. If you don't do that, you're not a fucking man. You are a child that is playing with women. I'm not I'm not arguing with you. You are correct, honey. I'm not going to say no. Don't say no to Kathy. I'm just, honey, you are correct. Would you like a taco? I will go get you a goddamn cookie. By the way, there was a, a DJ out here in Los Angeles that said, I don't understand why women always say, have your cake and eat it too. What the, what the hell else are you going to do with the cake? Put it on your foot? Of course we want the cake and we want to eat it. What? Who made that up? That's the dumbest fucking thing. We understand what you're saying. But yes, I'm, I want to have the cake, maybe sexually, and then eat it too. Oh my God, it's just a saying. I understand. I understand. It's just a wrong saying. It confuses me. And then I laughed. Then it was Big Boy from fucking Power 106. Power 106, Big Boy. <laughs>
I hear you, man. I like the cake, too. And I'm sorry to the listeners I went off on that ramp, but no. I'm sick <laughs> and fucking tired of men doing that ghosting shit, that, you know, total gaslighting shit where they, they try and deflect their own cowardice. When in reality, motherfucker, you didn't want to say anything. You just wanted to have your fucking cake and eat it, too. I'm literally while you're going off on that rant, I'm like leaning over. I'm in the I'm in the library, just like look out the window. I'm like, oh look, they have a good collection of Robert Frost. I'm just gonna go go over here. So basically, you've never been more happy that I wasn't in the same room with you <laughs> recording. I'm all pook. I I love you. Get me that fucking taco. You're all. I will rip your dick out. <laughs> <laughs> oh no i get it though yeah okay, i get it well though. and and it was i i really do appreciate um wicked bringing up this topic because we didn't cover that aspect and the, look at what a great discussion that it's become I, I mean how awkward was that even yeah i think that was pre-breakup it was pre-breakup but my uh because the the email had she had not indicated at all that that she said she was Polly, so we went along with that. We didn't, right? Um, and and you know we can't cover every fucking thing in every email. We just went by perspectives. There are always inflections and certain uh, themes you get from an email. I don't always read the whole thing out. This just happened to one. And and by the way, this isn't the first email we've received about that particular episode. So apparently, this must have. I know that this rubbed people the wrong way. Oh really? I didn't. I didn't see any of those. Oh yeah, and so, um, so I, I get it, and I have no problem with people writing in and giving us different perspectives. I love it. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's fucking awesome. Look, we got a whole fucking another segment out of it. Ah, but that's good. Again, thanks, Wicked. Sorry we turned your email into a some fucking advice when you didn't even actually ask for it. That's all right. Just lay down for me. She's so sexy. Oh aye, my aye, god. Aye. Oh, my god. Boogie. I'm not the only horny one here. Uh, I didn't say I wasn't horny. I just said, you know, like I said, you know, I had my, you know, my sort of threesome a week and a half ago. So I'm not, you know, I'm not at that like, God damn it, dragging my ass across the floor like a dog kind of thing. I can go play some Pokemon Go. Oh, Pokemon. Well, my my trusty uh, two vibrators provided to me by listeners and for which I am so grateful have been getting a lot of use lately. Let's just put it that way. So you're back to the uh, to the Kathy time. I'm back to the Kathy time. I'm, you know, I'm still the re- the reason that I'm I've decided to go into therapy is that I, I really want to figure out how much of this despondency and depression is due to a breakup that will eventually get over and how much of it is not, how much of it is going to stay and harm me later. And I am not equipped to be the person to decide that. And I need another set of eyes on me to figure out what I need to do if this is going to be a more long-term thing. As somebody who has been you know, chronically depressed in the past, I want to get ahead of this game. Kathy, I think that's absolutely 100% forward because... Yes, time heals all wounds, but that's kind of a cliche that's not true. No, you it's know, not. It, it, time will definitely dissipate. You know, the wound will scar up, but it will still be a wound. And if you don't do something, if you don't take a contrary action to the thing that brought you to, first off, you're going to create the same disaster for yourself in your next relationship. 
because you, you're still going to use the same tricks. Because if there's a character defect or if there's something you're not looking for or if there's something that you're still attached to that isn't healthy for you, if you haven't figured out what that is, what's to stop you from reapplying that to the very next relationship? Then that's what's keeping me up at night. And sometimes wounds, you know, they fucking go septic and you don't realize it until you're far into this thing. And like I said, as someone who has struggled with, with cripplingly low self-worth and issues of, of you know, uh, my self-esteem is in the toilet. I mean, I really believe I may have an inferiority complex. It's that bad. And so, sure. um, yeah, I definitely want to get some professional help before this starts to go bad. So it's a, you know, I, I, I've never loved anyone like I did this person. And at first I was like, well, sure, Kathy, you were together with somebody for so long, and this was probably the love of your life. It's no surprise that you're feeling this way, but something tells me there's there's a lot more going on there underneath. There might be so. a little tidbit. There, there just might be a tad boogie. Uh, just a small little a kerfuffle smidgen. going on in your yes, head. Yes, exactly. A little head kerfuffle. <laughs> a smidgen of a kerfuffle. <laughs> a smidgen of a head kerfuffle. <laughs> Let's All do right. some boogie. You got a couple perverted mailboxes? I do. I got two, actually. Well, let me play a cool jingle first. We got some mail, and we're going to read it. Perverted mailbox, because you need it. Yeah! We have an email from Fluffy Feathers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds very sexy, but I'm, all I think of in my head is Big Bird. Yeah, Fluffy Feathers, <laughs> hell yeah. All right. Fluffy Getting feathers. raped by Snuffleupagus. Oh, why are you ruining Sesame Street for me? For a 20 rock. Stop it. <laughs> oh, Big Bird. Bird. You're my bitch. Um, okay, That's, I'm going to stop you talking right now because you're being a very mean man. All right. Fluffy Feather says, bro fingers. Bam. When I first heard you mention it, I couldn't stop giggling at such a ridiculous image. Then, oh, you know what? Actually, that guy is a genius. Why? Who doesn't at some point just want some uncomplicated sex with a friend who you can trust that they won't go telling anyone? You can't see them, so you can use your imagination to make them anyone you want. It's kind of kinky, so it takes that box, too. It could be great fun. So, my wee lamb, if you ever find yourself in Scotland with a sheet and a restless finger, count me in. Look at that. I have people signed up for bro finger. In Scotland, no less. In Scotland, no less. And somebody called you a wee lamb. I am a wee lamb, <laughs> goddammit. I am a sweet, soft, and gentle lamb. So not. With sharp teeth that will gnaw your kneecaps right the fuck off. Exactly. Man. <laughs> I'm an evil wee lamb. Oh, Fluffy Feathers, what have you done? Thank you. I'll be on my coach flight. <laughs> All right. We have another one from that jazz bitch. I want to call somebody that. I want to go, oh, that jazz it's, bitch over there. It's that jazz bitch. And you look over and she just puts up the hands. Jazz hands. Jazz hands. She says, I just need to vent to someone who gets it, so I thought I would email PP. You know what, Boogie? I love it when people vent to us. That's what Me we're too. here for. Yes. Me too. She says, this past week was a minor bummer. I had a partner, a no-strings-attached person that worked great, but his partner saw a flirty text I sent him, got really jealous, and he said we had to break up. Now, it just so happens that since I am now a proud slut, I was grooming another potential partner, was looking for a mistress to top him, and I wanted to explore my dominant side. 
he ended up meeting someone else and they decided to make it an exclusive relationship. Yeah. So that was a double poly butthurt. All of it happening within a week. I still have one really awesome partner. Our communication and trust with each other is exceptional and it gets better every time we meet. And so does the DS passion. I think about what I've learned about my own exploration with the past partners I've had. They all gave me a special gift because now I realize I'm a switch, sapiosexual, demisexual, and a dirty little girl. It's also okay that I am in need of more than one partner because I have so many different kinky needs to be satisfied. So thanks for listening to my event. Now I can lose the few tears I have and enjoy my partner. Good for you. Good for you. Bro finger for you. Bro finger. Hey, she's a girl after my own heart. She's a switch, sapiosexual, demisexual, and a dirty little girl. That's me all over, Boogie. Well, you, hey, double-ended dildo, bro, oh, for you. Double-ended Have you ever done dildo. that with a girl? No, but I would love to do double-ended dildo. It Maybe. is what? so... I mean, obviously, I've I've uh, orchestrated many double-ended dildos. I haven't actually ridden, shared one with someone. Uh, but it really is, like, I, I would always recommend it is, like, one of the first things you do if you're exploring with a woman because it's it's connecty but it's not super connecty i don't know how to explain it huh. it's like you cuz you guys are if you're both lying on your back and your legs are intertwined and you're just kind of rubbing each other's legs while you're both on especially if it's like an 18 inch dildo you each got about 6 inches in you and then there's maybe 6 inches in between so it's like it's like it's I don't know. It just seems like a good because you're not like laying on top of someone staring at their eyes, feeling a little bit awkward. Maybe you just kind of get to lay back and then you just kind of feel your partner kind of you guys working together. And then, of course, if you each have your separate vibrators and things like that, that you're doing things, you know, it's just it's it just seems like a great first thing to do. If you're exploring with women. See, I would prefer to try end-to-end first with a double-ended dildo. End-to-end? Yes. Both on our hands and knees, butt-to-butt. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's what I would like to do. Because then you have more leverage. You can control it more, the in and the out. Sure, sure, sure. Absolutely. (laughs) I think I agree. But also you have to to make sure it's a long one because you don't want to get a UTI. Yeah, I get it. Oh. What? Oh. What? I uh, that that's what I didn't share. What? What did you forget to share in potato? We have to start having um <laughs> post potato mayhem. Here, let me play another potato mayhem jingle. Potato mayhem. If there's not blood, it's not good enough. Yeah, remember that thing? Where I said we ended our little love affair thing with some CNC. Yeah. And I anally Uh-oh. kind of raped her. And what? she's like, no, don't do it. I'm going to get a UTI. And I'm like, I don't oh, care, bitch. Oh, boogie. Now then, this is 93% my fault as the play rapist. Oh. But 7% of her fault. Because afterwards... Mew gets uh, UTIs, like, literally, you could just, like, she gets UTIs really, really easy. And so we talk about on the show, we've talked about Demanos, which is this natural thing. It's like a kind of sugar that absorbs the bacteria very, very effectively. And it literally, 
95% reduction in her getting the UTI. And after we did the play, I said, do you have your Demanos? And she said, yeah, but she forgot to take it. And she called me. She's like, hey, parting love gift. Thanks. (laughs) On the way to the clinic now, because I'm pretty sure I have a UTI. And then all of a sudden it became not hot. Yeah, but she she forgot to take it. Yeah, but it was still she she knows that another way to avoid this is if she does anal on her back oh. and not on her hands and knees. Even though we wiped her with baby wipes and what I'm just telling you she is super super sensitive to getting UTIs with anything anal. You look at her asshole and she will get a UTI. And her asshole screams. And you it look just, at it, it goes, and it screams. It just goes <laughs> which is terrifying, by the way. Um, so instantly I'm like, oh. And then she took the one antibiotic and then she calls me yesterday and she's like, not that I have all the time in the world as a fucking med student. I now have to go in and take a second uh, medicine because the first one, they shouldn't have given me that one because it doesn't work. Wow, she's gotten uppity. So now she has to go. Well, she's really, really busy. Like, literally, she wakes up from the time she wakes up to the time she goes to bed. 16 hours, she is doing stuff Hmm. and still doesn't have time. And that's what med school is. She knew this was coming, but it's still a lot. So to take an extra hour and a half to go to the clinic and then to take, you know, another times to go get medication. So I'm like, oh, I'm a dick. Oh yeah, no. I'm a dick. On. It became. It took away the hotness. Like if she wouldn't have got the UTI, then it would have been like, e- yeah, fuck you, bitch. E-. But now I'm like, oh, you know what? So, buddy? Yeah, it takes two people. It takes two to to butt fuck. <laughs> yeah, it does. But if it's CNC, that's kind of. I, I would say the predator is takes the brunt of the responsibility for. Hmm. especially when you're told in part like during the scene, I don't want to get a UTI. And I'm like, you're not gonna, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm a man. <laughs> I'm a man. And literally, I mean, literally, you know, we hadn't done anal in a long time. I literally had like two inches of my wiener in her butthole. And then she masturbated and came really hard, but not hard enough to shake it off. Oh. So I had to admit that she's all you better tell him. Hmm. You better tell the show. And I'm like, I will, pumpkin. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm a bad little rapist. Oh my God. <laughs> what a world we live in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. Well then I guess the only thing we can do is end the show. Yay! That is the end of show 320. I just want to say on behalf of Boogie and myself, thank you. Thank you, thank you to you wonderful Patreon supporters. It's because of you guys that we're able to continue doing I mean, and I mean that sincerely. The listeners, anybody who listens to the show is amazing. Let's be honest. Without the support of the Patreon supporters, we would not be able to be here for 320 freaking shows. But also thank you to everyone for listening to us, pimping us out to your friends and tagging us on FetLife. If you'd like to reach out to us for any reason, drop us a line at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com or you can reach us through our FetLife profile, cleverly entitled Perverted Podcast. Kathy, uh, I like this show. This is a good show. We got into some stuff. It was good. I 
feel really good about it. I also feel good about your personal growth and the choices that you're making to take care of yourself. I'm doing some of those things too. I'm not going to say we're going to bust out of this and the next great thing is owed to us. But I can damn well tell you, Kathy, that if we're working at it, there is a much better chance of something better coming down down the road. And a better chance is about the best we can hope for, and I will take it. Damn straight. Get on that plane, bro finger. (laughs) And we'll see you guys next week. (laughs) Okay. The dogs of Africa chase down a sprinting zebra. Their eyes filled black and crazed as the flesh filled up their faces. And I wondered in the scale of life just where I firmly stand. Am I the carnivore or pray for someone's wicked plans? child I dreamed I'd tantalize the masses I'd swear I'd prove you wrong if you said I wouldn't make it but somewhere along the way the scepter shattered in my hand am I the carnivore or pray for someone's wicked plans Someone's wicked.